0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Oh, my goodness. Sox degrees this week. We got two people on at the same time for the first time. We got Adam Amin, Stacey King, Bulls announcers, and now Sox announcers. And we didn't start the podcast two hours and three minutes late with a tarpon.
0: <laughs> I, I, I very. I, I would have been nice. It would have made us feel right at home had uh, had there been a two-hour delay. But uh, we appreciate you having us on. <laughs> uh,
1: Stacy, how was how was baseball analysis
2: on Friday? Let's just say I have a new appreciation for what you guys do. Um, I, my job, my day job's a lot easier than your, your job. So uh, I, I came away with a new appreciation for what you guys do for 160-something games. I don't know how you do it, but you should be uh, really taken care of financially for doing those things. <laughs> Thank
0: you. Thank you. This is, this is, this is the whole point. This was the whole point of the podcast. It's just Jason and Len trying to maneuver their way to, to, to better deals. More Rightfully money, so. more money. <laughs>
3: hey. Stacey,
2: what was the hardest part, Stacey? Um, you know, because the game is, is is so slow, and there's a lot of dead time in there, so you've got to constantly talk, which is not a problem for me. Um, just, you know, the players knowing their, their stats um, – you really got to be in depth in, in, uh, in baseball, you know, um, there's so many, so many, so much stuff to, to go over in a baseball game because you have so much time in a basketball game. You know, I could hit one or two points and move on because the game is going so fast. You know, I could tell you, well, last, you know, last five games, you know, Zach Levine averaged 24 points and, you know, eight assists. And then I'm off that topic, but in baseball, you know, you can talk about you know uh, Jimenez, you know hitting you know two seventy over the last six or seven ball games, four home runs. He had you know had a great game against X Y pitcher, had a double in that game because there's so much time to talk about and elaborate that stretch that he was on per se in basketball.
1: Adam, I heard the toughest part was DoorDash. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we
0: had yeah that thankfully if that's the worst or the, or the most difficult <laughs> thing that happened on a on a night i'm actually okay with it so we did have uh we did have a whale of a time trying to get some dinner
1: for, for i wasn't us okay group.
2: with it i wasn't okay with it i was highly upset i'm like how in the world can you mess up pf chain twice i ordered pf chains twice it cost me like 300 bucks and they never delivered my food
0: stacy was kind enough to like hey you know well, i'll get we'll get you some dinner and i was like oh that's really really kind of you know like it was he was really excited about doing that. And, we were all ready to go. And then the rain delay hit. And then the food delay was just as upsetting, if not more so, and understandably so.
3: Oh, my yeah. God. You know, what's funny about baseball, you know, I was just thinking about the diversions you can take in baseball because it's not a linear sport. And basketball, I think hockey, football, you know, all have a little bit of a, a connective tissue in that generally they're. You know, you're going side to side as you watch the action, whereas baseball, you have a lot of different angles. And as Stacy, you mentioned a lot of downtime, so you can go in a lot of different directions. You got to be careful, right? You got to pick the right directions, but um, it does lend itself to um, veering off on occasion.
2: Yeah, yeah, I found that I found that to be quite fun, to be honest with you, because like I can just be myself. You know, like I could, you know, add my little humor in when it was there. I just wish it was more action I wanted some more home runs I wanted some more strikeouts uh the Sox didn't play particularly well and they would lose on our debut which kind of sucked um <laughs> I was I was I was looking for some home runs I was looking to yell sriracha give me the hot sauce I didn't get to say any of my good stuff
1: hey you got a you got a Leory Garcia jumping catch at shortstop
2: oh uh, yeah that now that was sweet I thought that was going to be the start of the night right there I was like okay <laughs> Okay. See, I get world in, basketball. I, I, I get that's, that's,
0: in that's, basketball. That's where we were at those days because I could sense – like because we were trying to kind of, you know, uh, w- softly walk into this. We were trying to, like, just tread softly into the whole thing. We wanted to get a rhythm early. You know, I've, I've done baseball, obviously, so I, I kind of had a sense for it, but I wanted to make sure Stacy was comfortable. As soon as that happened, Stacy got excited. You know, obviously, we're in the little the, – the room together. I can see him get pumped up. I was like, all right, I had the same <laughs> sense. I'm like, this is it. Yes, this is what we want. We, we're gonna have a good time. It's gonna be a fun game. Stacey's gonna have some energy, and then it was mostly downhill for that particular
1: night. <laughs> hey, then hey, he then he went hey, and called hey, you Tito Jackson.
0: Hey, listen, <laughs> I, I, it, won, it won the first time.
2: Wasn't the first time. Hey, listen, it was it was it was it was it was so bad that I was getting excited on long fly balls. I was like, excited, you know, warning track balls. I was all excited. i was like, oh, and then oh.
0: <laughs> oh, it truly was it truly was a, like a fan you know an, an educated informed fan but like a fan appreciating because that's how you are like if you're just having a beer and a, and a hot dog at a game and you're down the right field line and you're talking to your buddy and then you hear the crack of the bat and a little bit of a gasp from the crowd you see all right this could be a home run and if it's not you feel disappointed and if it is and you get excited it really did have that feel it and I, I know you guys have known this because you guys have been in the booth with a lot of different people and, and Jason. We we referenced the Bill Walton thing, but like that's kind of how it is. You just yeah you you you're enjoying having somebody whose energy is a little bit more raw and connected to just what's happening in front of them.
3: I'm curious, uh, and and Adam, I know you're you're pretty active on social media, and Stacy. You know, did, did you guys? check out Twitter and after the game, did you want to hear what people had to say? Because invariably a lot of people are going to love it because it's different. And a lot of people are going to hate it because it's not the guys they know. And they're going to say, Oh, you know, who are these guys? Right. So, um, you know, I, I've tried to do a little less of the uh, immediate feedback loop, which can get a little ugly, Mm -hmm. but um, did Adam, what was your uh, take on uh, everything I saw? People really enjoyed it.
0: I I, I think the the feedback was, was overall, pretty overwhelmingly positive i think and anybody who didn't like it it was for the reasons that you said and i am completely used to that on a national level i think baseball of all the sports that i do and, and jason does and len you do the national games too i i think we have a a very immediate reaction a kind of an initial knee-jerk reaction for most baseball fans i don't think this is the case in basketball as much although it is a little bit i imagine it's the same in hockey but In baseball in particular, because of the length of games, the length of the season, the day in and day out that you spend as a fan with your radio announcer, with your TV announcers, with your crew that you know, any time any one of us parachute in for anything nationally, we're going to get a little bit of that because we're not what you're used to. And that's fine. I've gotten better about shoving that aside and understanding where people are coming from and not to take it as personally as I definitely did when I was younger. But I thought it was overwhelmingly positive. And I imagine... It being Stacy, you know, at least people were going to give you a chance. And if they enjoyed it the way they typically enjoy Stacy, I I figured the the positive feedback would be there for us.
2: Yeah, I I got nothing but positive feedback. Um, I I think people understand like, hey, look, you know, it's a crossover. You got basketball guys coming over to do baseball games. Let's, you know, my attitude was let's not mess it up and and embarrass ourselves or embarrass the White Sox. Uh, Be a little knowledgeable because I did play baseball, so I do know a little bit about baseball. Um, you know, do my research—the quick research that I did going into. It. So I was, I was well informed going in there. I think the key for me was to be myself. You know, to like where people are so used to seeing me on Bulls games, uh, because you know we've had some difficult times in, uh, with the Bulls when we we're losing. You know, last year, you know, me and Adam have to keep the crowd engaged. We got to keep the listeners and the viewers engaged. So we're kind of used to that. So, you know, being down six runs, <laughs> you know. If that's the equivalent kinda, to like a,
0: a 20 20 point blowout, we've had yeah, a couple of those that I mean, I've you know,
2: it was kind of easy for us to go back into our normal mode that we're used to doing as far as keeping the viewers engaged. I mean, I was in the grocery store the other day, and like, oh my God, you gotta do more socks game. I'm like, uh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, come on. No. I'm done. I'm done. I'm He's done. Tired. He's already I'm out. <laughs> I'm retired. I did my one game. I retired. I'm retired. I'm done.
1: Hey, for three years, when I was parachuting and doing a Bulls game here and there, you were like, when are we doing a Sox game? When are we doing a Sox you game? You know what?
2: You know what? <laughs> Jason, I do owe you one because you're the one who, who brought this idea yeah. up. So I do owe you a game. So I am open. I need to open. see it. I am open to do a game with you because I that was our, that was our little deal back in a couple of years ago that I said I would come in and do a game, and then I saw Bill Walton do it, and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to be Bill Walton. I'll be a little bit knowledgeable of the game, but I definitely would do a game with you. My I will come out of retirement for one more game at some point to do it with with Jason. I want to see you. <laughs> We got to get stony
1: with Adam doing a bulls game. If, ah! <laughs> if, if, if
0: Stacy wants to take the Phoenix game off or something hey, like that, just while Stoney's out there, hey, listen, can he, can, he, can, he
2: can feel it anytime he wants to. Does does he even know basketball?
1: DeMar DeRozan is a fantastic player. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, oh, we, we, we also can't bury the
3: lead here, Adam. Um, When's your Blackhawks game coming up? Because oh, uh, that's, the only, that's the only team you need to cross off the list. It's, uh, you know, and seriously, Adam, it's impressive. I mean, you, you've done all four teams, uh, and, and other than the Blackhawks, you know, you, you've kind of hit, hit them all, and that's uh, that well-deserved, and uh, it, it doesn't go unnoticed.
0: I, I appreciate that. Uh, Paul Selderman was nice enough to point that out back in July when I had a, a Cubs game, and I told he's like, well, where are you at next week? I said, oh, I got the Sox on the south side next week. <laughs> He goes, oh, and then you got the Bears next month, right? And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll do the Bears preseason. And he goes, that's the brick. And I was like, it didn't, it didn't register in my head what he meant by that. I was like, I know what the brick is. It's Jack Brickhouse who did all these teams, and all in one calendar year. I've, I, I don't know how often it's been done. It's, it's really cool to have done that, but I don't, I've never associated myself with Jack Brickhouse in any sense other than we kind of had the same job. Other than that. It's that's that's a rare air and very cool company. I, I thought that was cool. And thanks for pointing that out. That was really, it was really cool. It was meaningful
1: for sure. Let's have a little fun here. Let's make as me, like, let's make our perfect teams together to do games together in Chicago. Like, I would love, I would love for uh, Pat Foley and Stoney to get together to do a Bulls game. <laughs> like, there are combinations we can pull together. Do you like, just want to throw darts at the
0: wall and whoever we land with? That's, I'm, let's do it. Stacy
1: and Eddie Olchick together.
0: Eddie and, oh, that's my and, man. And
1: Swirsky doing a Bears game. There,
0: let's do it. Jo- Joniak can jump in and do the Cubs or something. We'll, we'll make it all work. There's, there's a lot of slots with a lot of, like, very talented people. I, I'm sure we can make that work. I
3: often have, um, you know, Adam and Jason, um, you guys do a lot of different sports. So, Stacey, you might relate to this, but I often have like these weird dreams where I'm tabbed to do a sport or a game and I have no idea what I'm doing. And I'm like, it's like that that being late for class or missing a test or whatever. Do you ever have that, Stacey, where you're like, wait a minute, I'm doing what game tomorrow? Like, I, I don't know anything about this sport or these teams. I have that dream like once a month. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I I think, I mean, baseball was it for me. I mean, I watch baseball a lot, and I I love baseball. I love going to the baseball park more so than watching it on TV. Um, I I think the biggest thing for me the other night was uh, we weren't at the ballpark. We had to actually call it from the game. And we know Adam knows how hard it was to do basketball from the TV monitor. But I will say this. You guys have a way nicer setup than we do uh, in our room. They they put us in a, a broom closet. Uh, with uh, with a lot of cleaning supplies where you guys get the big two monitors and like four TVs on the wall. <laughs> I was like, yo, can we get this too? Like, I was if, like, whoa.
0: If you guys were wondering why Stacy and I have some of the hijinks we do, I think it's basically the chemicals from the cleaning supplies that have yes. uh, have, have yes. infiltrated us. That's why we get yes. a little goofy on some of these games than the girls.
2: But you guys have a great setup. I, I mean, I was amazed at how that setup was. It made it easier to call the games compared to how we do it. Uh, When we do it, Adam is in a separate room. I'm in a separate room. You can't see each other talk. And, you don't. it's kind of hard to know when to jump in and jump out. But the other night when we did the Sox game, we were, you know, we were probably eight feet away from each other. And we could actually have a conversation like we would normally do in a real game, like we do at the United Center when we actually can see each other. And it made the game easier to call because I could see him and I know when to jump in, when to jump out, and vice versa.
0: I know there's something to that though, too, Jace, because it's, it, 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 and this to Len's point too baseball being what it is, it's a non linear sport. And that's the thing about doing basketball, at least the, at the very least, it's 10 people self contained in two planes. I, I think people have asked Jason, Land, and myself, well, how do you guys do this shower? What's different? What's difficult about it in this kind of new era that we've had to make adjustments in? And it's, it's trying to learn how to call baseball, especially, a three-dimensional sport. It's up, down, forward, back, and side to side. You have to figure out depth that, that you have to take a look at in a two-dimensional space on a TV, and you're trying to calculate that and process that. Whereas basketball, football, to a, to a certain extent, they're linear sports. They're two dimensions. Everybody's kind of self-contained in one space. So it's not easy. And, and what you guys do on a daily basis is difficult. I have to do that a little bit for, for Fox as well. When we work out of uh, out of the Big Ten network, Len's done done that in the same space I have. So you know, it's a lot of adjusting. It really is, and and I, I commend both you guys because you guys have done you know great work over the last year considering the circumstances. I would
2: also throw in the analytics of the game. I mean, they're so they're so important for baseball. The numbers, all these numbers that you have to 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 know, because as you know, the game is a long game, and those numbers become important, especially to fans who follow who know their team they want to know you know the numbers of you know Dallas Keuchel you know his numbers over the last five games coming into this do they have a chance to win you know is he going to be in the rotation you know in the playoffs if they be the to you know when the playoff roster is made there's so many numbers that are important in baseball whereas in basketball every number is not important you know people want to know you know they want to know the the basic stuff but in in, in baseball man whoo Man, there's a lot of numbers. Ground balls. Yep. How, how many? What's the percentage of ground balls that he induces every week when yep. he's on the mound? I mean, there's so many different numbers. I was blown away by it. So yep. I, I commend you guys, man. That's that's woo. woo.
1: <laughs> well, the one thing I'll say about the other topic first is. It's not as though you couldn't hear each other when you were in separate booths because the walls are as thin as your average La Quinta.
2: Hey, yes. You know what? We're trying to make it sound better than what it is, Jason, Benetti. don't 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 try to trick because you guys got you guys are in the Ritz Carlton and we're in uh, the Motel Six. Uh, don't leave the light on. Hey, hey, we're we're
1: in the Ritz Carlton. Of motel, <laughs> let's let's just
0: say Let, what listen, it is. Hey, listen, it's hey. a red roof in, and let's 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 be definitive about it. If you're hey. gonna go to the top end me, motel, me it's and, a red me roof. And, in. Me
2: and Adam stayed at the hotel with the yellow tape around the outside. So the
0: crop, there was there was yeah, a I th-
2: there yeah. was a chalk outline in the yes, room when we yes, walked in. A, our that's book. what we do games from. That's what we do games from. Hey, hey, I, there, when I
1: did that <laughs> exhibition game, there weren't any cigarette burns.
2: <laughs> that came <laughs> later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I, don't man. Use a, I don't want to use a black light in there i don't know what's going no, on no, like no, horrible things have taken place oh, no it, it was knows. so
2: bad uh it was so bad pat foley and uh eddie eddie o got out of there they were like oh, we're gonna move to a different <laughs> hotel this is the basketball room right here let them stay over here in uh the motel 6. okay
1: oh my god oh,
3: all right i'm gonna get this thing back on the tracks here i think <laughs> um, but, hey that whew. that assumes it was ever yeah <laughs> right that's a good point. So, um this is for all three of you because you guys, uh, uh, you know, are all baseball and basketball junkies, but you know, in baseball it's strikeouts and home runs and walks, and in basketball, it's three pointers and dunks, right? So it's the mid range jumper. That's kind of been lost. It's the, uh, this, the, the ground ball single in baseball that's been lost. Um, I do think baseball has an issue. They need to fix a little bit. I guess the question is about the NBA and really the college game as well. Has the three pointer just due to math, um, made it less exciting, as exciting as it is to see guys drain 28-footers. Stacy, do we need more of the 12- uh, to 15-foot jumper back in the game?
2: Yeah, I think you're, you're slowly seeing it integrate back into the game. You saw it a lot in the finals this past year. Chris Paul was killing uh, in the playoffs with the mid-range jump shot. Kawhi Leonard has is, is always been that guy – a uh, guy we just picked up, DeMar DeRozan, is one of the best mid-range shooters in the game. So I think you're starting to see it come back because I think people are starting to realize, like, I understand the, the philosophy of trying to get up as many threes as possible, but my, my thought process is if you've got guys who can't make them, um, why take them? You know what I'm saying? So uh, focus more on shots that you can actually make. And, and when you see the teams who go deep in the playoffs, they are teams that not only can shoot threes, but they have a good mid-range game. You know, and I'd like to see it come back. I think it is coming back. I think you're seeing more and more players saying, Hey, I'm not a three point shooter. My career average is under 30%. I'm not that guy. I'm going to, I'm going to do the things that I know I can do and to be the best basketball player that I can be. And I'm starting to see a little bit of a turn a little bit. I think that I think sports in general are pretty cyclical. Uh,
0: I do think the, the time for one cycle or one revolution of, of, some of the analytics to take place takes longer in baseball than it does in basketball. And yeah, the math works out the same way it does in baseball. Home run is, you know, the value of it, the way we look at OPS and slugging and and weighted on base and all of this stuff. We're weighting home runs more than we do or weighing home runs more than we do any other hit. It's the same thing in the NBA and same thing in basketball in general. But to Stacy's point, there are only so many, Steph Curry's in the world. There are only so many Damian Lillard's. Jay, you saw it during the playoffs and, and you, and you saw it during the, the regular season. You there's only so much that, that you can ask of a player who's not named Lillard or Curry or Booker or whatever it may be. And I think when guys realize that it's, it's easier to implement it back in the fluidity of basketball makes it easier to implement it. The fact that it's more of a quote unquote team sport where all five individuals have to work in concert with one another to get the best shot possible Whereas baseball, I mean, if you're up at the plate with nobody out and nobody on, it's it's your your show. You know, you you're just trying to get on base or, or hit a home run or or do whatever is uh you know you're capable of individually. Whereas there's a lot more reliance on other people. And I think that's why it's easier to get through some of these cycles in basketball. But I think eventually all of this will come around. It might take a while in baseball, it might take 10 years, but eventually I think there will be more of an implementation of, hey, nobody's guarding this essentially. Nobody's guarding the mid-range game, nobody's guarding the the hit you know the the single the other way nobody's guarding this so younger players may be working on being better at hitting the opposite way maybe looking to to manipulate the ball a little bit better the way Ichiro used to like I think that will come back at some point
1: Uh, for both of you and you can't answer the same because it's not fair uh the most important thing the Bulls have done in the last 18 months is what Adam first oh wow um I think getting the head
0: coach in that they want and that, that has a pedigree. I think that's the biggest difference because that was step one. Obviously you have to bring the new front office in AK and Mark might be at the top of the list, but I feel like to people who are a little bit more casual and are trying to understand what the bulls, why the bulls have looked completely different in the last year and a half. I think you start with Billy Donovan. That's the first hire that you make to say we're serious about, getting somebody with a pedigree that's been to the playoffs. We want to draw people in. We want a style that's established. We want somebody who is also a little bit flexible and malleable the way that Billy clearly is in terms of finding guys and then adjusting to what they do best. Uh, I think that's, that, that's probably the foundation for, for how I've seen the last 18 months play out, but there's a lot of good answers. And I'm sure Stacy's got one too.
2: Um, I honestly think um, getting the trust of the fan base back uh, showing that they are going to do whatever it takes to put a winner on the floor. And um, I I thought, you know, from the the onset of bringing in Nikola Vucevic last year, making that bold move, training a young player like Wendell Carter Jr., who's a lottery pick, uh, giving up a first-round pick, a future first-round pick that was yours to get Vucevic. And I thought that sent a message to the fan base and to the NBA that – you know, AK and Mark are not playing around. They're, they're going to get this culture and change the culture of this team, this organization, to get it back to the fan base can trust it once again. And I, I will say this. This is this is the, the busiest summer the Bulls have had in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally you're talking White Sox, you know, the success the White Sox are having right now, a chance to win the whole thing. Uh, the Cubs and whatever happened over there with all their, you know, the fire sale that they had, that was news. Justin Fields coming here, the excitement for the Bears finding a franchise quarterback. When have you ever talked about the Bulls this late in the summer? Uh, Not in a long time, probably since when Derrick Rose was here and those good teams were there. But this is the first summer the Bulls have been in anybody's conversation. People are excited to see what's happening. I can't tell you how many people walk up to me and say I'm buying season tickets now because I like what the Bulls are doing. You know, um, and I'm excited. I mean, this has been this has been the most exciting thing for me since they drafted Derrick Rose. So I'm looking forward to it. And and this is what they needed. This is what they needed: infusion of new ideas, new energy. Uh, you know, not taking anything away from Pax and 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 Gar Foreman. Uh, Pax's record speaks for itself as far as his drafts and everything he's done in the organization. And not only being in the front office, but as a player too. So. Uh, you can never underestimate and underestimate uh, that. Um, but at the same time, bringing in a whole new regime that is just turned this organization into now's everyone's talking about it. Everybody wants to see this team on the floor, uh, the first game, and there's so much of buzz and excitement here in Chicago. I can't wait. Stacy, I want to I want to get into your your
3: Stacyisms, and um, it, they're voluminous. They read like poetry. <laughs> and I want to know your process. Do you try to blend in a new one every once in a while just to see how it works? How often is it just literally from brain to mouth without much thought? And you go, Ooh, I like that one. How how much thought do you put into these great lines when there's a great play?
2: Uh, No thought. They're just, I'm just brain to mouth. They're as they happen, they're organic. Um, You know, I have if people follow me as a player, they know I'm very quick witted. Like I'm very quick witted. I I can, I mean, I can come up with something. I mean, a lot of my nicknames used to come up during pickup games. You know, I would give people nicknames during pickup games. You know, I would say little funny catchphrases then. So it's, it's been a natural thing for me. And um, so what I've tried to do over the last few years is I've kind of ventured away from that because a lot of times people get so focused on those things and not, how good of an analyst I actually am. You know what I'm saying? It's like when you win a when you win the dunk contest, you know, 2 years in a row, there's only so many dunks that you can do better than the <laughs> ones you did, the ones when you won. So, it's almost impossible to top that. And so, I think every time I look around, everybody's like, you know, uh, what are you gonna come up with this time? What nickname are you gonna come up to? And I'm like, honestly, I don't even think about it. It man. just
0: pops up. It really it does. Pops up. It just
2: it just shows up when it shows up. The, and... the paw. The paw showed yeah. up. Like like we yeah. like Patrick yeah. Williams has the
0: perfect nickname, and it like Stacy just yelled it out like one game. It just popped up, and I I I'm I'll say this just to to back him up. I I love everything Stacy says. I love the energy, but I make it a point anytime somebody asks to say like that's a very small percentage of what makes stacy great at his job it, it, it's a very small percentage and it's a it's a loud percentage it's a fun one it's the one that it's easy to latch onto but and, and maybe that's what all you know if you go on youtube and you're watching the highlights of your team and they're playing in chicago and you get our call on these you know 10 minute highlight packages yeah you're going to hear sriracha you're going to hear hot sauce you can go oh yeah that's fun i like that or oh this kind of that's all it is Watch a game. Listen to this guy talk about the league and talk intelligently about every team that he sees every single night. We don't prepare anything. I just He knows that I'm going to come in with what I need, and I know that he's going to know everything that he needs to know, and we're going to blend it during the game. It's very organic, and it's one of the joys to, of doing the job because it's not just the entertainment value. There's a lot of information and analysis that, that rivals any – I'll put it up with anybody in the league, and I, and I say this honestly.
3: I think that's what makes you so good Stacey's because it is genuine and I think the best lines are natural and they're not contrived and it's never felt that way. So, so I'm not surprised by your answer. And I would also say you're like, you're like a great band that had one or two hits and you go, yeah, those songs kind of get you into the catalog, but it's the, they, they have some better albums that you've never heard before. So yeah. for me, your lines get people to say, Oh, Who's that? That's interesting. That's fun. He's, he's a he's a yeah. walking
0: concept album. I love that. <laughs> That's right. That's
3: right. That's right. But no, you are a great analyst. But I do think those lines are wonderful, and um, I couldn't come up with with any of them. I think they're they're amazing. Jim Boucher's, uh whom I worked with for eight years with the Cubs, is similar in that he'll just come up with a line, and I'll be like, "How did you think of that?" And it's just it, it comes from that. Well, you guys, you you guys are the same way brain. though.
0: I you guys are the same way I you and you and Jason are the same way. Like the line it captioning on television is really hard to do it. Well, I think it's, I think it's easy to do. Okay. And I think I do it. Okay. I'm learning how to write on air as a broadcaster. I'm getting better at it just by volume, I hope, but you guys are so quick witted in your positions, in your jobs, you know, the Gavin sheets hit hit the home run. I just remember the highlight Jason, when he hit the second one, it's his first game back from, from triple a. And he said that White Sox uniform looks good on him after the second. And it's not anything that's going to, like, just on paper that's, you know, we're not putting it up there with, you know, settle down, Robert Frost. But it's just, it, it's a it's the perfect line for the moment. I thought your intro for the Virginia Tech game, I flipped that on. It was just really well done. And you guys do a, a fantastic job at that. Len, you know, the, the calls you had over the years with the Cubs, and I've told you the stories about how, they were my ringtone for a long time because i i just appreciated them so much you guys are great at that so i i, I wouldn't sell your
1: yourself short either
2: use it i, I, mean, I think get an think, apple
1: pencil it's really helpful <laughs> <laughs> see
2: okay. I, I think the most I, I honestly though to lynn i think the most important thing is to be who you are um you know people if you saw me in the in the supermarket i'm the same way you know if you saw me out on the street i'm the same way i got a great personality i'm a people person. And what I try to do is bring an energy to the game that I remember when I first started this, and I told this story the other day on the White Sox game, they were uh, on or, or the White Sox podcast other way. Um, but I remember this old head told me when back when I first started that I couldn't do that. Like, you, you can't, you can't do that. You can't be, it's not a comedy hour. You can't do that. You got to call it straight lace. And I'm like, I just looked at him like, you know, that's what makes everybody different. I'm going to do it my way. And, and I'm going to do it how I would do it, not how you would do it. And that's the difference. And I've been – it's been watching these – it's funny watching these guys over the years. I have so many – on the street, we call it biting your style. I, I got a few people that bite my style big time <laughs> in the NBA that do the say things that I say, that, that take my sayings and use them on the national broadcast stage, which is funny. And it's flattering at the same time. I don't get upset about it, but it's pretty cool looking at people do that. And yeah, the only people- well –
1: the only people who bite my style are at a Magic the Gathering convention or are extras on Big Bang Theory.
3: <laughs> you know what, though? Being genuine is huge, especially in Chicago. Here, they really want you to be yourself. And uh, I think you are uh, rewarded uh, with a lot of loyalty for being yourself in this in this great city. Um, and, and, and Stacey, I want to follow up with you because uh, a great, former player who has become a great analyst in baseball was once given this advice at some point people are going to forget that you played and that's always a fine line for a former athlete uh, especially one of your stature because you should be proud of your playing career however to be really good as a broadcaster you need to be a broadcaster first and and a former player second How do you feel about that when people may know you as the Bulls broadcaster and may not even remember that you ever played?
2: That's that's really never bothered me. You know, I I look at it as being um, in my personal my the way I look at it is, is, you know, doing one thing, being successful in it, going to the next project, working your butt off and trying to be successful in that. I want people to to, to say hey there's Stacey King the you know the broadcaster from the Bulls and then they happen to Wikipedia and go oh wait a minute I didn't know he, I didn't know he was a two-time all-american at the University of Oklahoma played for the national championship won three titles with the Bulls oh my god like this guy's done a lot in his time so I've never really my ego is like is no, it's normal I don't get egos and you know I don't have an ego like that um, I'm just happy people know who you are. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's when they forget, Lynn, when they forget you did anything is when you need to worry about it. Right.
3: But it is a compliment when they when they know you as the broadcaster
2: first. Yes, it because is. Because if you're it always is.
3: the former bull, if you're just the former bull, you're going to be like, hey, yeah. I'm on the air every every day. Yeah. Like.
2: Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm truly humbled by it. I mean, th- we work in the best city in the world, in my opinion. This is – I mean, I got really lucky. I got, I got lucky to be drafted by the Bulls to be part of that special three P be part of a special championship team. And then to be able to land, you know, in, in, a, in a dream job, you know, and, and coming up behind, you know, Johnny red Kerr. you know, my, I was always told you don't want to be the guy coming up behind the guy, you know, that's what they always said. And sometimes land as you know, you don't have a choice, you know, you got to go where you got to go, where you got to go. And you know, being able to, to at Johnny's last couple of years and learn under him and watch him. And, I mean, Johnny was big as, as a player for me. I love Johnny. Johnny was was really great to me. And then when I came in on the broadcaster, you know how old guys sometimes can say, get out of here, the young lion, get away, I'm not ready to go. He really embraced me. He really embraced me and took me in and really showed me the ropes and, and uh, really made me feel comfortable in that transition, you know, Um, and it's tough when you come behind a a Mount Rushmore legend like that, man, it's very, very difficult. Um, but if you got that, you got that legend welcoming you in and, and opening the door and then people can see that he's welcoming you in and that you're not there to replace you're there to help, you know, per se. And, uh, he, he, he really made my transition to broadcasting so easy and, uh, he's missed every day. Um, I, I hope that when I'm that age, you know, people will look at me as the way they do red, you know, uh, and, and put me up there with those guys when I'm done, you know, because I tell you what, man, you know, you, you talk about Harry Carey, you talk about all the, you know, Hulk Harrelson, all these guys who are legendary you know, figures in Chicago and one of the best sports cities in America, man, that's an awesome, that's an awesome thing. And, and we're all part of it now. You know, we're all, you know, we're on our infancy stages, a little bit past our infancy stages, but, you know, we, we're in that pipeline and it's awesome.
1: Yeah, that's pretty wild perspective there, Stacy. I didn't know we were going to get that deep, but that's uh... it was nice. Wasn't <laughs> that, that wasn't hit that me? That, that nice hit me right little, here, brother. A little,
0: little, little, little introspection from our man here. That yeah,
2: hit me. come on, come on, JB. You know I'm deep.
0: But you, but you I'm got, you guys know deeper. what you, you, you guys know what that's like too. I mean, you guys stepped into roles that are revealed. and again, I'm, I'm sure every role in this city, like Stacy said, is, is held up to a certain standard, and I think it's important to live up to that standard, whatever. And Jason is Jason. He's not Hawk. Len's not
1: Harry or, or hey, Chip or anybody that came before me. him. Or you got to be bleeping me. But I love it got, when you analyze. Uh, you, you, got guys, you guys are going to be Hall of
0: Famers because of of how you guys work, and and that's that's a testament to you, and, and it's a, to to all three of you. I, I'm very lucky to share space with the three oh, of you. And the save it. Lot of people You're great at
1: what it. you do too. Yes, I'm not exactly. going
0: to suffer this.
2: Around that. He's great at what you know. He know, does you know
0: too. J- save Jason, it. Jason, Jason doesn't want to hear it. Jason doesn't want to hear yeah, it. But nice see,
1: you just said I'm authentic and the authentic me is going to cut you off five words. into that. <laughs> <and> say, yes. <laughs> yes. Go, it's baby. good to know
0: this. Way it's to good go. to know. Uh, it's good to know the true colors are coming out now. That's we right. You're
1: great at what you do too. It's I'm not going to sit there and deal with that garbage.
2: No, wait, hey. Seriously, I, we're, though, we're, very seriously lucky, though. Hey, we're very lucky. Seriously, yeah. I was, I was talking to someone about this the other day when they, they asked me this question and he and was like, man, you guys have some of the best broadcasters in the country as far as every sport. Like you guys, you're one of the one few cities that actually have really good guys all the way down the board. And that's a, that's a compliment, man. And, and like I said, for, for myself to even be mentioned in any of this conversation with all you guys, you know, I, I, I'm I'm humble and I, I'm I'm happy to be in Chicago. Mm. I couldn't think of any other city because there's a the guys that spend their whole career trying to get to a big city. You know, yeah. they they start off in small markets and then they try to work their way up. I was very blessed because uh, Jerry Krause really believed in me and the Bulls and Steve Shanwall believed in me to put me in a big market. I mean, I fell from. I fell out of the tree into a big market and I've been in a big market my whole life. And it's awesome. It's hey, awesome. What were, you,
1: what were you doing up in a tree?
2: <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was chasing the money, baby. I was chasing the money. <laughs> I was trying to get the money and I fell out the tree. <laughs> hey, this is what I love
1: about you. The first game we did, I barely made it to tip off without laughing. Yeah. No, it's, it's, see, it's hard, kidding. man.
2: It's hard. JB, this guy's, this guy is entertaining. As all. No, guys. no, no. JB, I'm going to stop you there. The authentic me is going to stop you there. Okay. Yeah. This first game that we do, I swear to God, I thought I was at Wimbledon. It was back and forth. Ping, ping, ping. I mean, I would say something. He was zinging back. I would say something. He was zinging back. I got so tired. I tapped out. I was like, yo, bro, you won, bro. You won. <laughs> You guys, I'm done. you guys,
0: you guys are, are great. Uh It's one of my favorite traits in other human beings. Legitimately is the ability to yes, and like, and like, if you can play with somebody in that regard, and you can play, you can keep up. It's it, there's nothing more fun in this medium, especially in sports, to be able to find a good yes, and partner. And that's the that's as important as anything. People talk about how do you quantify chemistry, like, oh, you know, JB and Steve have great chemistry, Adam and Stacy, Len and DJ have great chemistry. How do you quantify that? Frankly, it's just having a partner that's on the same level of yes and in you, honestly. That's right.
3: No, that's right. Adam, how important uh, for you and your career and your life was it to uh, become a local voice because you have such a uh, national platform and all these sports uh, to be the TV voice of the Bulls um, and to kind of have that a little bit of both worlds, so to
0: speak? I imagine Jason has a similar kind of track with this because we started out. No, uh, I, I, I never <laughs>
1: wanted to do anything that you did. <laughs> I, 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 hey, can real quick, real speaking quick, of yes and,
0: jeez, <laughs> how, how, how do I pick up from there? Yeah, we're, like, we're in a convenience store.
1: No, we're not. That's not that that, That's game what did. we did. Stacy was shoveling starbursts into my mouth to get me to shut up. <laughs> I, think,
0: I think that's a good thing that we're in. We are in separate rooms. Otherwise, I'd be reaching over to steal them. But I, I, I think like Jason and I started more nationally than we did locally at this at this level, so to speak. Like, obviously, he did minors, I did minors, but we were both at ESPN before we got a crack at something like this. So that's not typically how it was done. Typically, you started local and, and try to work your way to the national side. And it was strange kind of jumping in at, at that point at 24 to be a national broadcaster because you go, all right, this is it, right? This is the the peak. This is what they everybody tells you and what you watch growing up. You want to be on, on the national game. That's the pinnacle of this business. And there's some truth to that, certainly. But I, I think what I realized more is I just want to do stuff that people care about. I think that's part of the reason I left ESPN and, and went to a place like Fox, just because it's it's NFL, Major League Baseball, two things that people really care about, pro sports, the same way I did growing up here. I, wasn't, I didn't grow up in South Bend. I didn't grow up in uh, Lawrence. I didn't grow up in Tallahassee, where you are – you know, connected with the local college that has high level programs. I'm from here. So I watched the Cubs and Sox and the Bulls and Hawks and Bears growing up. And to me, that was the pinnacle. So when I had the opportunity to, to finally move on to something like that, it didn't matter that it was a local job. It was the Chicago Bulls. It was an NBA team. And it just meant the world to me because it was where my, where the highest level of connectivity for me was. I I told the story the other night, uh, the J- Jason and I were the last two guys down for this for the for the Sox job, and I was disappointed that I didn't get it. And I didn't realize I'd be as disappointed as I was because, well, you know, I got the ESPN job. What do, what do I care? And I thought, no, I I want to work here in my in my city. And and again, I I to finish off, you know, put a bow on that. I was so thankful after a while, especially after seeing Jason in his first full year, going, that's the guy for the job. I'm so thankful that he got that because the same reason that I feel connected to the bulls, Jason feels that way about the white Sox, And, and you learn more about his story and, and the background of it and how connected he was to this team. It makes all the sense in the world. And I think all of us kind of ended up right where we're supposed to be. And that's, that's a really hard feeling to find in, I think in this business. And I'm really happy that it kind of worked out the way that it did. Cause we both fill in for each other and like, but we're in the sport that we both kind of are more like the teams that we're so connected to it's a big deal. And, and I don't take that for granted. I really don't.
1: I, I agree with you, Adam. I think it's really cool that we can jump in for each other and that we can like moonlight with people. But here's what I think when I look at these boxes, um, I, it's not even as much like I want to do local. I want to do national. Like I love the socks. I love it dearly. I don't want to go anywhere else. Let me be very clear about that. Yep. I love working with people who challenge me mentally And make me have a good time and everybody in this in these boxes on this call do that when len and i do games together adam you and i have never done a game together but i imagine it would be a brilliantly fun time and then (laughs) stacy like the times we've gotten to moonlight to do that you know dozen 15 times whatever dude i love working with you you make me smile you make me think and i Like if, if, if you can, whoever's listening to this, if you can get that in life where you have people around you who you love listening to, you love building on what they do and they make you better. There is nothing better than that in the entire world. And I am not kidding.
0: It's hard. It is so hard to find that. And I, and we, you know, you and you, all, all of us have mentored young, young broadcasters who want to do what we do. And, and the hardest thing to explain to them is, it's a process obviously it's a longer process than you might realize but at the end of the day if you enjoy it you have to love this and part of loving this is loving the people that you're with and that's that's something that I'm very thankful for especially here is that we get to work with people that that genuinely just make us happy to do the job and to be around that's that's it's a lot harder to come by than
1: people realize we're gonna have a soap opera before this podcast is over <laughs> I do we, do we need to, to do we need, I have tissues somewhere. I don't know if yeah. I know. I was gonna say,
2: anybody got any tissue. I was going to ask my puppy. Jeez. Hey, here we go. I
1: got a whole yes. box for us.
3: Yes. Yes. So Stacy, we often see uh, bullpens around the league and I, I often talk about power forwards because every, every bullpen guy now, is six six two sixty. to Um, if there's a white Sox player who you think would be other than Tim Anderson, cause that's kind of the obvious choice. He was a good basketball player in high school, but, um, who who would be the best uh, best basketball player without having seen any of these guys play?
2: Oh man, um, Jimenez probably because of his size. I mean, he looks like he could bang and get some rebounds, um, physical presence, um, be a stretch four in the NBA because it's now is no longer the six nine, six ten guys in the NBA now. It's more of a small ball type game. Um, i like garcia the shortstop go go garcia as i gave him his nickname the other day yeah uh, he, he, he might he might be a he might be a good change of pace guard coming in picking up full court try to get steals turn the guard a little bit turn him loose you know that he'd be the perfect you know go go garcia he'd be the perfect nickname for a bulls player so yeah I, i'd say those two guys
1: you're saying he's got a little shaq Harrison in him or what, what are
2: you <laughs> yeah doing? yeah he you know what he showed me some athleticism when he jumped up and snagged that ball that was a sure hit in the gap probably a double and he robbed that guy and it was an athletic play so I was like man I like man he might he might be able to transcend over to the basketball side with those hops
3: yeah um, my last question we do this all the time in baseball we we come up with if you could if you were commissioner could change one rule or one thing about this the game what would it be so I'll, I'll Adam and, and Stacy I'll ask you guys if you could tweak the NBA with one rule or one change in the game court dimensions, height of the rim, you know, any, any, any big picture stuff,
0: what, what would, what would you ponder? That's a great question. I, there is something to be said about, I like it personally, but I would be curious what it'd be like to not advance the ball on timeouts late in games. Cause there is something, the argument to be made in the college game is that it increases the, the pace of the final play, the, the kind of pressure of it, the the, the kind of urgency of it. I don't think we necessarily need that in the NBA just because I think most of the game is urgent anyway, but I think there is something to that and it might prevent some late game timeouts. Uh, they, I think they've done a good job actually in terms of timing. The games have gotten a little bit longer, but I think they've actually done some good things to remedy that. But I'd be curious about what that rule would do if, if it was applied.
2: I have a couple one, one main is let it be more physical, you know, where you can actually get up, and, and, and really put pressure on guards, put hands on people like they did in the nineties, um, you know, and alleviate some of these, you know, these guys who are just able to get to wherever they want to, with no pressure. Uh, I like the physicality of the game. I think it adds a dimension that is missed. I think I'd like to see that back. And then my second thing I'd like to see them change if they would, is to start the season on Christmas day. <laughs> That's I start the season on Christmas Day. No, yes. you, I, I, I've never liked I've, when we started this past year due to COVID. I thought that was the best thing. I thought that was something they really need to take a look at because, you know, most people don't start really watching NBA games till Christmas Day anyway. So you could have every single team play on Christmas, but you still have your marquee games and you start there and you end, you know, you end like like we did this year. And, you know, th- we this year is going to be tough and I, I hope no one is going to be affected by injuries um, because of the year round play that these guys had. There was really no off time. I mean, the finals was done and then they went straight to the Olympics. And, you know, now we're getting ready to start up here in the uh, for preseason and getting ready to go through 82 games. It's going to be tough. And I hope every team's able to get through this year. Not only do we have to worry about COVID, but, you know, the injuries, you know, the injury factor. And last year you saw in the playoffs, you know, a lot of the key players did not play in the playoffs, which really kind of favored certain teams to get to the finals. You look at Milwaukee. If Brooklyn is healthy, Milwaukee doesn't get to the, the championship and win a championship possibly. And if if Denver doesn't lose Murray, if, you know, uh, Kawhi Leonard, Burt doesn't Burt tear Kawhi. Up, they, you know, Phoenix may not get there. LeBron James, they're, they're, they're not a seventh seed in the, in the Western conference. They were injured. So a lot of things happened last year and trying to keep these guys on the floor is is really imperative this year.
1: Guys. Thank you so much. Real quick, before we let you go, uh, you got 20 seconds to tell me uh, about Mark Brady. (laughs) (laughs) Brady.
0: Oh my gosh. I I've, I've never laughed more with a producer in my life. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 it's nice to have a producer that keeps it as light as Mark does, which in some of the games that you guys have done and in some of the games that we get to do is very important. It's essential at times. So, yes.
2: Yeah, he, he's, he's, he's very funny. I have to watch sometimes because he talks in my ear where I'm talking, and I'm so, <laughs> I, I made a mistake one time of saying something that he said in my ear. And I got to be very careful when he's talking my right here and, and telling me jokes while I'm going, I'm trying to dissect the play. So yeah. 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 But he's a great producer. Great producer.
3: Yes. Yes. We will have Mark Brady on the podcast. Now we have to do it, Jason. Oh, oh we need to have yeah. producer. Week. We got to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Thanks guys. Withers and
0: Brady, Withers and Brady together. I love
3: it. Nice. Thanks boys. Adam. And
1: love me, you guys. Stacey King. Thank you. Wonderful Bulls announcers, NBC sports, Chicago. Thank you again.